come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan while we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. Good evening, lore folks, and welcome back inside the caravan. Please get comfortable, make sure you have your coffee, and curl up in your favorite blanket. On tonight's episode, I wanted to share several haunted locations around my beautiful state of Oregon. As some of you know, the fall and winter seasons are my absolute favorite, and this fall I wanted to make it special. I'm hoping to go to as many of these locations as possible, take pictures, maybe go live, collect stories from those who frequent these places, and maybe, just maybe, spend the night. There have been about two locations in Oregon that I have personally uh, ventured into that are on the, you know, most haunted list for Oregon. One of them was the Grand Lodge in Forest Grove, which um, is a chain. It used to be a adult mason home. Uh, for retired masons and I remember when they converted it into the Grand Lodge to what it is now. They have the ghost log that I did take some pictures of and read some stories over uh, one of our earlier episodes and I do plan on going back and I will check out the ghost log again and maybe I can go live and read you some of the new encounters if there are any. The second location was an old Masonic cemetery. It was difficult to get parked there. They had actually put up a barricade so that get in and you had to park the car just so to be able to kind of hop the barrier and go up there. And it was quite a walk. It was, And it was strange because as you were doing the walk, you began to feel exhausted and tired, but this isn't an exhausted and tired from being out of shape or anything like that. It was genuinely this this energy drain. It was really weird. So anyways, there's this long walk and it kind of goes straight for a little while and then it swoops big over to the left. It opens up into this beautiful location. I mean, we're talking this is in the middle of farm fields. There's nothing but farm fields for as long as the eye can see. And here is this little hidden cemetery nestled in this little forest that you didn't even know was there. It is so lush and so green and so beautiful. And when you're up there, you literally feel like you've stepped back in time. And I just had this feeling. You know, this feeling that you were being watched. This feeling that maybe you shouldn't be there. And that's when the wind kind of began to pick up. I heard you could hear a woman's voice on the wind, and it was just this disembodied, distant type of a, a voice, and you couldn't really make out what she was saying, and it was really unsettling. And the story goes that there was a woman and her son who lived in the town of Lafayette. I, f I forget exactly what the son did, I think he stole something, 
He was a criminal of some sort, and the town, I believe, punished him by death. The woman, the mother, was outraged by this, and they accused her of being a witch, and they hung her. And the story goes that they hung her from a tree in the cemetery there. And she cursed the town. She said that the whole town would burn down three times. Since her death, there has been two major fires that have occurred in that town. And so, and there was so many people that went up there to try to check this place out and see if the, the witch of Lafayette Cemetery was actually real or not. That people would, you know, they'd go at night. And there were reports of people actually being attacked. Police reports, you know, they'd have scratches on their body and the town deemed it too dangerous to go to anymore. So that's when they put up the barricade, you know, to highly discourage anybody from going there. But I, I did go. It was after I heard the, that distant voice that I decided, you know what, I think I'm, I think I'm out. <laughs> and so I turned around to leave. And I was walking down the long hill, the long straight path, and it was just like there was eyes on, on you, on your back, as you were walking away. And so I, I lifted up my phone, and I was taking pictures, so that the camera was facing behind me, and I was walking down. I, I had showed them to somebody, and it, and it did look like there was a figure in the pictures. I know that I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Anytime I take pictures of anything, I delete them because I feel that, and maybe it's just a silly superstition, but I feel like things can see you through the picture, if that makes any sense. It's like the connection stays. I really don't want to call anything to me or have it be able to come in my home or anything like that. No, no proof is worth being haunted or harmed or anything like that. You can believe my stories or not. This is a place to come and think about the what if and listen to stories. And you can believe it or not. That's up to you. But this was my experience. And I definitely have not gone back. I would definitely go back to the Grand Lodge. I don't know. I mean, they didn't have any haunted hotel rooms. They had... Like, there was, there's one woman, or one haunting apparition, called the Lavender Lady. And there was this woman who loved the smell of lavender and had this lavender perfume. Sometimes throughout, whether guests have been in their room, or they're walking between the floors, or outside, um, they've, they've smelled the scent of lavender and felt a presence when they've smelled it. That seems to be the most prominent haunting there. And... After talking to a lot of the people that work there, most of the encounters happened in the woman's bathroom in the basement. So, I mean, <laughs> I could always go and just hang out in the bathroom for a little while and see if there's, you know, if I feel anything or I you know, maybe take some pictures. Um, a lot of the hauntings and stuff, it really doesn't feel negative there. there it's definitely like you've walked back in time, though. And it's a very positive energy there. So that's definitely one place that I'll go. Now, there is another haunted hotel that's called the Heathman Hotel, and this is in downtown Portland. I am tempted to go there. I don't know if I will. 
uh, it said that several floors, well, several rooms on different floors are supposedly haunted. And this was due to a supposed suicide that took place and that, you know, it said that the person's spirit haunts the rooms that it passed on the way down. A couple of the, um, a couple of the stories that the guests have shared is either when they're laying in bed, they feel like somebody else is laying in the bed with them, like there's a presence actually in the bed, heard things. The, the worst of it to me is the reports of actually seeing something lurk in the dark corner in their room. I would love to, to check it out, maybe take some pictures and talk to the hotel staff and see if maybe they don't have a ghost log type of a thing at their hotel, you know, and go from there. I probably won't stay the night. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I would stay in another room that wasn't haunted, supposedly, but, you know, we'll see. Because I definitely want to, you know, bring you guys with me and take you guys on some journeys and collect more stories for you. Another another interesting location that I'm I'm actually very interested in. In Wilsonville, there was the Damascus State Hospital. They were frequently being investigated because they had there was medical malpractices, inadequate um, care of their patients, and a lot of the patients would die under unusual circumstances. If I remember right, it might have been built in 1995, and then it was demolished, I think, in 2005. So you can't go there anymore. But here's the kicker. They built homes there. It was either uh, housing development or apartments. So how interesting would it be to be able to talk to some of the residents and see if they have any encounters in their homes. I mean, I know that I, there might be some videos online. I think I saw some a couple years back where there was people actually going into the um, shutdown hospital and they did have reports of um, hearing the, the screams and, you know, all the, all the typical um, mental hospital haunted sounds that you hear about from other locations like that. But I wonder, I wonder if demolishing a haunted location, what happens? Does the new location become haunted that's built on top of it? And I know that there's a lot of different types of hauntings. There's intelligent and then there's kind of like a, a recording, like just an imprint. So, you know, I'm sure that if it's just an imprint and you demolish it, then maybe that does go away. But but what happens if it's intelligent? Does it just inhabit the new location? I don't know. <laughs> if I'm gonna be, you know, if I move or if I'm buying a home, I think that that would be one of the first things that I'd really look into. What was here before my home? How long has my home been here? Has there been anything crazy happened in the house? You know, I just, I can't imagine living in a haunted house and experiencing those things. And on a, on a little bit of a, I don't know if you'd call it a happier note, but at least a, a happier location, um, we have the Oaks Amusement Park in Portland. And I, I did get to go there once when I was a kid. I think I've been there twice. Uh, the first one was for like a, a school trip that we got to go on. I think it was for maybe middle school. And then uh, the, second, <laughs> the second one was during Halloween. 
and they had the haunted house there. They usually uh, have some really big haunted house that's blasted all over the radio um, at Oaks Park. Well, I had never been through a haunted house before, and I decided to go through one with my friend. <laughs> and I ended up, you know, I went in, and I just, I wasn't expecting to be stricken with the fear <laughs> that I was. You know, so they had the strobe light going on, and they had these monsters in cages. Well, these guys are like, like, they're, they're reaching through the bar at you, and they've got these things that they can poke you with, and, and... You know, so then you're, you jump, right? And then you jump into the hands of this other thing. And so I, I ended up, I'm going along and I froze. <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go anymore. They had to send more monsters in and <laughs> to try to scare me out. And my friend ends up, um, she was a little bit braver than me, but she was still pretty scared. We see the exit sign, right? She pushes off of me and bolts for the exit, leaving me behind. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm done for. I'm done for, you know. And, of course, this uh, one actor comes out of the shadows and I, you know, I made it out the exit. But as we were walking through the the park afterwards, um, we had walked by where, where this was. And the actor who had been hiding in the exit sign he was standing outside and he sees me and he just points at me and he's pointing and staring at me until I can't see him anymore you know and it's just like I'm done <laughs> and that was it that was it I have not been to a haunted house since and honestly I don't think I will <laughs> but here so the, the Oaks Park was opened in 1905 and was called the Coney Island of the Northwest. Encounters that people have had here, which I'd really love to talk to some of the staff, is of a, a lone child in period clothing. So, you know, the vintage clothes, clothing from the early 1900s. I don't even know what I'd do if I saw that. I mean, to really, to, to really see that and be like, you know, imagine that this person straight out of the, you know, 1800s, early 1900s, 1920s, whatever, they're standing there and you're watching them and the crowd is going by and imagine just a couple people walk by and then this person who is as real as you and me just vanishes, just vanishes as these people walk by. That would be fascinating. And if anybody listening has ever experienced anything like that, please let me know. I would really love to hear your story. Speaking of the 1800s as well, there is a nature preserve uh, not far from me that I would love to check out. Apparently, you can hear the whinnying of horses and disembodied voices of men, and they think that they're loggers from the area you know, in the 1800s. That would be fascinating. I would really love to check that out and to hear that or get it on recording. That would be interesting because, you know, there are certain things um, like that. It doesn't feel energetically evil. This is just, you know, like a residual type of a thing. And I love, I love all things vintage. 
to be able to listen to the past that way would be incredible. Two other places that I have on my list. One is Piddock Mansion. Again, it's, uh, you have to, you know, pay to get in because it's kind of like a museum. It was built by a man with the last name Piddock, and he apparently died there. But apparently there have been encounters with his apparition and presence. So that would be another wonderful place to, I mean, I would love to share the pictures with you all uh, from the inside and then really hear what the caretakers now have to say of what their experiences are. And the last one, which may be the most difficult to do, uh, one that I would definitely not want to go to alone, is the Shanghai Tunnels. And the Shanghai Tunnels were used for Prohibition era, where they would be transporting alcohol, drugs, and doing a lot of um, prostitution as well as human trafficking. So there is a lot of negative presence there. To get there and then to do the tour would be a little unnerving. So definitely a place that I'd want to go live from and share with you all. Uh, and then maybe if there are any other people out here in Oregon, uh, whether you are a paranormal researcher yourself or what have you, let me know and maybe we can go to some of these locations together. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. The last tidbit that I have here for you all. As I was looking around online to try to maybe find some extra information about upcoming places for the caravan, other stories maybe that I could just read to you, I came across this article. It was written in 2017, right before Halloween, from Clementine's Bed and Breakfast in Astoria, Oregon. And I just wanted to read this to you. It's Ghost Tales from Astoria, Oregon's Haunted Places. It's no surprise that some people believe Astoria, the oldest settlement west of the Mississippi River, is the most haunted city in Oregon. Famous for its maritime and military past, spirits are said to wander streets and haunt buildings. Three of the most famous sites are the Flavel House Museum, the Liberty Theater, and the Uppertown Firefighters Museum. At the Flavel House, the original owners seem never to have moved on, despite their deaths over a century ago. Family specters include Captain Flavel's presence in his bedroom and his daughter's phantom voices and music in the music room. The Liberty Theater apparently hosts several spirits, an older woman who haunts the woman's restroom, the handsome Paul, who spends his eternal nights enjoying the performances there. Elegantly dressed performers and crews report he sometimes slams doors, rattles knobs, and even turns on the popcorn machine and soda fountain for a late-night snack. The second of Astoria's two devastating fires in 1883 and 1922 may be the reason a sleepwalking fireman fell to his death in the 1920s, but still wanders the third floor, continuing to stand watch. The ghosts of the northwest Oregon coast aren't found just in Astoria. 
Equally well-known is the duty-bound young soldier who still patrols Battery Russell at Fort Stevens State Park in Warrenton and areas nearby. Although the fort was constructed during the Civil War, the spirits from that era could be present. Reports of a soldier in a 1940s uniform suggests he might still stand patrol from the threat from Japanese ships during World War II. People report having seen him not only on Battery Russell, but as far away as the promenade in Seaside. When encountered, the soldier simply vanishes into the night. This is actually another location that I had on my list. As I've talked about it before, and I have posted some pictures, when I was young, I went and explored there with, with some friends. But when we were down kind of in the bottom area where they had some of the rooms, it just felt off. It felt eer- eerily cold and just kind of like there was maybe a sinister presence there. The most interesting part about that was that I um, I met somebody later on who I was saying, oh yeah, you know, I've been to this location. and But it, it just felt weird and they began to tell me their story. And they felt the same thing. This person also believed that it was the presence of a man, which is something that I had felt as well. I definitely, it's been years since I've been, so that is another location for you to come with me. Continuing on with the article, it says, South of Seaside and north of Cannon Beach, the Tillamook Rock Light operated for 77 years, from 1880 until its decommissioning in 1957. Deaths have surrounded terrible Tilly's wild ocean landscape since its beginning, when Native Americans in the region warned it was cursed. The first men sent to survey the rock formation died, and only a few weeks before the lighthouse opened, the Lupatia was shipwrecked and bodies of all her crew washed up onto Tillamook Rock. Again in the 1930s, a ship missed the lighthouse and wrecked on the headland, killing all the crew. If these tragedies weren't enough to cause spirits to linger, the lighthouse became a columbarium in 1980 and still houses 30 urns of cremens, who have become honorary lighthouse keepers. Today, the dead only share the rock, which lies a mile offshore with the seabirds who nest there. But you can see the lighthouse from the shore at Ecola State Park. It's also a Goonies location. But you can see the lighthouse from the shore at Ecola State Park and from Highway 101 near Cannon Beach. Whether or not you believe these ghostly tales at Halloween, it's also said that on Highway 101, the Bandage Man roams around. Now, this story is one where you may see a man wrapped in bandages alongside the road, but he is also said to appear in the backseat of your car if you're driving down 101 late at night. Definitely not something I plan to do, but I do plan on going back to the beach soon, so some of these beach locations I can also check out for you lore folks. I will definitely do some more live videos for our patron members. Our patron members will probably know of my travels first before everyone else because I want to uh, give them all the sneak peeks that I can. So again, if you go over to our patron, we have three different tiers. The first one will give you a shout out and your name on our show notes hall of fame at the bottom of our, our webpage. So for every episode that month, your name will be, you know, down below. 
The second tier gives you uh, your name on the Show Notes Hall of Fame as well as a monthly card reading. And then the third one is our uh, membership tier that gets you into a closed group that we have on Facebook for members only. It gets you sneak peeks, early releases, um, you get to participate in some really awesome stuff. Uh, one of the last episodes that we did, we had went to our members and asked them, you know, hey, you know, put this list in and and then we used their suggestions to make an episode out of and it was it was so much fun. Um, you know, we want to be as interactive as we can with you over there and just shower you with all kinds of, of spooky goodies and especially with uh Halloween coming up, which is really our Christmas. <laughs> you know, I'm really uh I'm really looking forward to the time that we'll spend together. So definitely uh definitely check out our patron. Definitely check out our website. We also have a threadless. We're over there with our logo on the gear, so you can get a coffee mug, a sweater, a blanket. It's gonna be cold soon. Hopefully, uh I'm thinking about getting one of the, the blankets to wrap up in. I, uh, I appreciate the time that you've spent with me tonight, and I look forward to talking with you again soon. Good night. Watch your step Let's you move on day Lay there quarantined underneath your last breath Hold your tongue, still I've gone The beast that follows is close but will move on Snake eyes always on my tail Snake